Thursday, June 14, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City. We are right here in Denver, Colorado. You know, if you are tired of the same old sports talk, the arguments, the callers that are yelling into their phones, you're going to like it here a little bit better. You know, we try to look at the world of sports without all the emotion just try to look at things logically with a dose of common sense we try not to take any of it too seriously because you know some of it's kind of funny we actually prefer to laugh at a lot of it and we are happy to have you here with us today happy thursday to you we are making our way through another week getting to another weekend and dare i say every week that we get through at this point we are getting just a little closer to football season No, not the football that we've kind of been talking about here on the show a little this week. I'm talking about real American football. That's coming every single week that ticks off the calendar. There, I said it. We know that's what we're all kind of waiting for, right? Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, let us know what season maybe you're looking forward to. We would love to hear from you. You can email us, dailydosports at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us over on Twitter or Facebook. Both of those handles are at dailydosports. Maybe you have a suggestion. Maybe you have some feedback. Maybe you need some advice. We would love to hear from you. Hey, today on the show, we are going to be continuing our conversation with longtime high school basketball coach and friend of the show, Russ McKinstry. You know, yesterday, we talked a little college basketball. We also talked a little NFL draft with Russ. Today, we are actually going to be talking about a few teams in the NFL that you're going to want to keep an eye on this season. And, you know, I do want to get to the NBA. I want to talk a little bit about those NBA Finals. Those are wild NBA Finals. We want to get some thoughts from Russ on those games. So we are going to be continuing that conversation with Coach Mack in just a minute. But first, we do have a couple of stories coming out in the world of breaking news. It looks like unified middleweight world champion Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez have worked out an agreement on Wednesday for their much-anticipated rematch to take place on September 15th, again at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Now, they had to put in some overtime to get this deal done, but Money Talks and Triple G gave Alvarez a 57.5 split and took just a 42.5 percentage for himself. So it looks Right now, like that rematch is back on. But do you know what that agreement tells me? It tells me that as much as Canelo Alvarez does not want this fight to happen. Remember, he tested positive for banned substances not once, but twice. And then Canelo insisted on the bigger percentage of the purse. But as much as he doesn't want this fight to happen, it tells me Triple G is going to make sure that this fight does happen. You know, I think Gennady Golovkin took Canelo Alvarez's best punch. I don't think it hurt him. I think he wants this fight to happen because I think he wants to beat Canelo again. Yes, he beat him the first time. I think he knows he can do it again. And you know, it will not surprise me one bit to see Canelo try to get out of this contract too. Be on the lookout right now for Canelo Alvarez to be eating every single deli that has ever had tainted meat on their menu, just (laughs) hoping that he can get another bad batch because I really do. I think he's afraid of Gennady Golovkin, and I think he should be. If you saw that first fight, then you saw Gennady Golovkin hurt Canelo, and I think it could be worse this time. The fight is on right now. 
Like I've told you before, I don't always believe these things until they're actually walking into the arena. We'll see what's going to happen in this one. I won't be surprised a bit if Canelo tries to get out of it again. And also, we did see a bizarre move prior to the 2018 World Cup that is actually beginning today. And we saw the weird move from Spain, who fired their head coach, Julian Lopetegui. And I'm sure I'm butchering that name. But he agreed to take the Real Madrid job following the World Cup's conclusion. And Spain said, no, you're not going to do that. And if you are going to do that, you're going to run it by us first. So they fired their head coach. Hey, Spain has an outside shot of winning this thing. And now they're scrambling to find a new head coach. Very uncool, Spain. I had you in my bracket. By the way, if you would like to join our World Cup bracket, if you go over to dailydosesports.wordpress.com, go to today's show on that site, you can actually join our bracket. Big Rob, of course, set that up for us. We thank him for doing that. But you can go join it. It's got the login right there. It's a little bit of a different thing. You've got to go through FIFA's site, but you can click on it. You can name your team. You can make your picks, and then you can join our bracket. We would love to have you join us. Remember, the Daily Dose Facts Machine is on the line, so you've got to make sure that you go over and join our Pick'em for the World Cup 2018. Oh, do have one more piece of breaking news here. It looks like, oh yeah, it looks like Spain has hired their new head coach. Well, I mean, sure, they should. The World Cup is starting today. You might want to have a head coach in place. I don't know that I'll know who they hired. It looks like they've tabbed former Michigan coach Steve Fisher to lead them into the World Cup tournament. Yeah, you know, I mean, he did it once. Why not? Steve Fisher has some experience in this kind of a situation. Maybe that's the best hire they could have made. Hey, coming back, we will continue our conversation with Russ McKinstry. You are not going to want to miss that. We now continue our conversation with longtime basketball coach Russ McKinstry as we discuss a few teams to watch this season in the NFL. Coach, it seems really weird to say this. I can't believe I'm going to say this. It kind of feels like the Los Angeles Rams could be a contender. We are at least a little bit familiar with them, with Wade Phillips. They've now got to keep to leap. They've put some pieces together out in L.A. Could the Rams actually do something this year? Boy, I like that team. I like what they put together. And you take um, that combined with Wade Phillips, and, you know, I think uh, he's going to be super energized. And, you know, I think he's going to be out to prove something even at 71, 72 years old, whatever he is. You know, I think I think that's a really lethal combination of some people that can play the game, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And, you combine that with what they already have offensively, and Goff's only going to be, a, you know, a, a year better. Uh, I like that team a lot. So, you know, it might it might go back to the the good old days of you know the LA Rams back in the early seventies, mid seventies when when they had you know a really nice football team. So maybe those days are coming back. I'll tell you what, they sure have a chance with the talent they've assembled. They do have a ton of talent. The only question I guess that I have. They have so many guys that are being added in. It's always a little bit difficult to predict chemistry. It's always tough to kind of figure that kind of stuff out. I always worry about young teams that have never dealt with expectations. And now this year, a lot of people are looking at a guy like Jared Goff, looking at that team, especially that offense, and saying, they haven't been through this. They don't know what it takes to get wins when you have a target on your back. That's an adjustment for for players, isn't it? 
Yeah, it really is. And, and it goes back to when we were talking about, you know, March Madness and expectations of being, you know, a, a potential Final Four or championship-level team. You know, if if you don't have enough leadership in the locker room and enough leadership from your coaching staff, uh, that, that pressure can become unbearable. And then you add in the fact that they're in, you know, Los Angeles, the, you know, the second largest mecca in the United States besides, you know, New York City and all the pressure that goes with being in Hollywood and all the variables that players are going to have to deal with to stay focused. And you've got, you know, people like to keep to leave and some of these <laughs> knuckleheads that right. are very good players, but can they handle their business off the football field? Uh, I think that's probably going to be more of a factor than what they can do on the football field, maybe even is how they handle their business with all the, the glamour and glitz and showtime atmosphere of, of L.A. and can they make it work and and uh, keep it all together once adversity hits, because, you know, adversity is going to hit. It always does. What's going to happen when, when that happens, and can they keep it together? Coach, the one team that I'm looking at, obviously the Super Bowl champions. Can't even believe I'm saying these words, but the Philadelphia Eagles somehow win the Super Bowl. And <laughs> when I look at that team, because of the fact that they lost their starting quarterback, they don't have the complacency that you might see sometimes with other teams because Carson Wentz isn't coming into this, I don't think, saying, hey, I've already won one. Let's just go you know, do this again. He's not looking at that at all. He's looking at it saying, I haven't won one. For that reason, I almost look at Philadelphia and say, they actually have a decent chance to repeat because there isn't that complacency. They are still probably going to be hungry just because of their quarterback. And you're right. You know, uh, great, great organizations uh, have great leadership. And they have great leadership, and Carson Wentz is a great leader, and their head coach is a great leader, and they have you know people throughout that organization who have leadership styles that really permeate throughout that entire organization. The philosophy that hey, you know, yesterday is gone. What about today and tomorrow, and what we're going to do uh, to be better, to be more improved, to you know maximize what we have going here. So I don't see that as an organization that's going to sit back on their laurels and talk about the good old days and how they won last year's Super Bowl. I, I don't even think they're thinking about it anymore. And, and again, that goes back to having the right leadership in the right spots and, um, you know, driving, driving that whole organization forward with the mentality of, hey, one is good, but two is better, and let's, let's go for three type thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, on the other side of that, and this might be wishful thinking, and maybe it isn't, it might totally be, but I am looking at another team that has one and one and one and one. We know at some point the end has to come for everyone. I'm seeing the New England Patriots having a starting wide receiver get popped for PEDs. I'm seeing Tom Brady not going to OTAs, and I don't make a huge deal out of that. He knows that offense. They don't need that. But he's always gone in the past. We are seeing players leaving New England. Not only leaving, leaving and saying, yeah, I couldn't stand it in New England. I know we tend to look at everything the Patriots do is golden. It always works. It's all a part of the master plan. Are we starting maybe to see a few cracks in this foundation? You know, I, I think there are, and I think the empire is starting to crumble from within, just like all great empires. You know, it's not the outside that, that destroys empires. It's what happens within the empire. And, you know, I, I, I think just human nature, human society, we all 
all just have tendencies to find ways to self-destruct. And it might be a year, it might be five, it might be two decades worth, but eventually those self-destructive tendencies start to surface and uh, they become a stronger force than all the positive things that have happened. So, yeah, you know, I, I just think it's a natural process that you can't even avoid. I don't think you can point fingers and blame somebody. I just think it's the way things transpire, and and I think yeah, and I think you are. I think you're seeing the first steps of that, and I I wouldn't be surprised if they totally implode in the next year or two. But it wouldn't shock me if they found a way to regroup and hung in there for three to five more years. But I, I definitely think there's change brewing. There's there's something amiss uh, in Foxborough and and the Great Northeast. Well, I think you're right, and it makes you wonder. How much longer can Tom Brady do this? We know. Father Time's undefeated. And when he does go, it's going to leave this huge void. I wonder if that's when the crumble really, really starts to take place. Because it kind of feels like he is what's holding them together. And I'm not crediting him for all their success. I think him and Belichick are a perfect marriage. Sometimes in a perfect marriage, you have fights, you have squabbles. And I do think sometimes there is, you know, just kind of these side stories going on that end up affecting what you're doing in the building. When you see things like this trainer guy that Brady's involved with, and he's Edelman's guy, and I don't know, there's some weird things going on back there. Yeah, and and really, I mean, uh, the hard part is staying successful. You know, the easy part is is reaching success. But as we know, maintaining that level of success as people start to develop their own agendas, their their own branding, uh, uh, jealousy starts to take hold. You know, there's just so many different pressure points that organizations face that, uh, you know, those pressure points, once they find a weak spot, uh, it just, you know, it, it just is something that gravitates and becomes larger and larger and larger. And I think you're seeing that now with all the success they've had and with the aging process of Brady and, uh, you know, all the all the glory and, and kudos and, and tremendous accomplishments that they've done together, uh, you can only maintain that level for so long. And, and sooner or later, there's, there's going to be a break in the, in the cycle of, of success. And we'll see what's in store next. You know, the, the Steelers, uh, you know, the Cowboys, even the Broncos. You know, you have a little bit of a down downturn in the rhythm and the cycle, but they always find a way to respond, and and they're never gone from the limelight for very long. And that would not surprise me about the New England Patriots because I think they have good ownership in place, and, and they've been to the pinnacle, and they know how you have to operate to be at the pinnacle. So it, it might tumble for a while, but I don't think it's going to go to the Cleveland Browns level or, you know, where, where the Patriots are going to be a non-factor. I would not be surprised if they rebound in some fashion and reform the organization with new leadership and new players, and they'll be back, you know, right at the top with the rest of the established, you know, powerhouses. Well, Coach, you bring up a good point as far as staying on top, and I want to switch over to the NBA because what we've seen in the NBA these past three, four seasons has been absolutely astounding, and yes, I know the Golden State Warriors probably have more talent than everyone else at the same time it is really really hard to stay on top when you have that target on your back every single night why is it so difficult 
to stay on top. Why is it so hard for these guys to repeat? It seemed like this year was more of a struggle for Golden State, and I know some of it had to do with that short bench. I know some of it had to do with some injuries. Maybe uh, Steph's not always healthy or whatever, but it's it seemed like it was much more of a struggle this year for them to get all the way through, and yes, they swept the series. I was looking more at the Western Conference, though. It seemed like it was tougher for Golden State this year. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, sustaining the level of play that they are trying to sustain is extremely difficult. But what they've, what they've established that will always make them extremely dangerous is once you figure out a culture that uh, breeds so much success, then again, you, you've got the blueprint. You've, you've figured out the blueprint. And when you don't have the blueprint, then your odds, your chances are almost non-existent, per se, the Denver Nuggets or some of these other, you know, organizations that so desperately want to reach that level and be a factor. You really have to understand the culture and, and get people to buy into the culture and have people that are willing to sacrifice to maintain the culture. And, you know, that's why I think you know, Golden State's going to be around a while and, and people always point to the, you know, yeah, they have the best players. They should win. But that's way too simplistic to look at it that way because we've seen over and over through decades, decades and decades of very talented teams, uh, teams that should have all the pieces but totally don't understand the culture it takes to, to be successful and the sacrifices it takes and, you know, the the extra hard work it takes as a team and as an individual, you know, very, very rarely do you find that culture where it can be sustained and is sustained. So I, I think they've got something going there and, uh, they, you know, they might have to change some pieces in, out to, to keep it going as they age, but I would not be surprised to see them get two or three more in the next, you know, five to seven year period at all, if not maybe more. See, I wouldn't either. And now you're starting to reach a point where I think you're going to see guys, we saw it a little bit with David West, but I think you're even going to get better players that say, hey, I'll take a league minimum. I don't care. I want to go get a ring. And guys like that could bring some new energy, could bring some different things that maybe they did struggle a little bit with this year. Their bench isn't very deep. They had to basically win with six guys some nights. But I think you could see some other players around the league saying, I don't care. I'll go play there for nothing. I'll get a ring if I go there. No, I I think you're right. No, You know, I think... uh more and more people are uh, rightfully so a little bit more concerned about their legacy instead of you know living in a you know 2.5 million dollar mansion they'll take a, a million dollar mansion take a pay cut but have a legacy that they can leave where they're associated with being a winner and we also know that players are a lot more intelligent they understand that you know they might sacrifice salary for what they get in perks and from other areas where they can gain financially, it's worth it to them to sacrifice salary to go be part of a winner because our society revels and loves winners so much that there are different ways to make up for lost income by just being associated with a winner. So I think that secret is, is out and very well known, and players that uh, that get it who really do put winning above you know some of the other things that you gain from, you know, being a professional athlete, uh, they're starting to gravitate towards that. Coach, if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, the Houston Rockets had Golden State down 3-2. to Do the Rockets 
end up winning that series if he stays healthy? Or was that just a matter of time? The Golden State Warriors were going to figure things out. They were going to bounce back and get it going. They just kind of had to get their feet under him. They just kind of had to settle in. Did the Chris Paul injury just completely change this thing? You know, Chris Paul is playing very well when he went down. And I think they had a legitimate shot to maybe take that series. If you had, if you put a gun to my head, I'd say that the Warriors figure it out and find a way to, to get it done. Yeah. But, um, you know, they were, they were playing with fire, uh, and, and the Rockets were right there. So, uh, I think we'll never know, but, uh, that's a great question, a great way to, to look at it. I, I say the Warriors still come through, but, uh, I, I wouldn't bet my mortgage on that. Uh, because the Rockets were right there. Well, they were, and it was interesting because we've seen some teams try to go out and say, hey, we're going to outscore Golden State. We're going to try to shoot with Golden State. We're going to try to run with Golden State. I expected Houston to try to do that. When they tried to do that, they got in way over their heads. What they started to do is say, no, we're going to shut everything down. We're going to see if we can limit them, not let them get any post looks, not let them get those cuts that they had been getting, just getting layups. We know Steph Curry, especially, he's so good at shooting. You overplay him and he backdoors, gets those little layups. Those are the killers. Houston started to take that stuff away. And with their defense, they actually started to stay in games. They actually started to get some wins. It was a little bit surprising. That wasn't what I expected. I thought they'd go out and try to outshoot them. Yeah, you wouldn't expect that from uh, a Mike D'Antoni you know, team and you know, his philosophy is, you know, obviously geared around offensive schemes and three-point shot. But, you know, if you really, truly want to go win a championship, then obviously from a defensive perspective, you're going to have to play some defense. And you're going to ultimately, you're going to have to get some stops or you're not going to win a championship. And the best way to get stops in the NBA is what you're exactly saying. You take away the rim and you take away the three-point shot and you make people prove that they can have a mid-range jump shot game. And, um, you know, and, and if you can test the mid-range jump shot, you got a hell of a good chance of winning a ball game. The problem is you've got to do that to win a series. You can't just do, you know, one game. And that seems to be the mentality of most NBA organizations is they, they can suck it up and do that for a game or two, but they can't quite do it for an entire series. So when you when you get a team like the Rockets, that maybe will you know find a way to do that for an entire series, and they have an intelligent scheme and one that the players will buy into, and you know that's that's the thing that I think your average fan doesn't realize. All these coaches get that; they understand they've got the scheme. You know they are they're grinding twenty four seven, and they're getting paid millions of dollars. They've got the answers. The problem is the players will decide whether they're actually going to execute those schemes and put in the effort to do that. Or whether they just say, hey, you know what, I'm getting a huge paycheck. I don't need to work that hard at it, and it doesn't mean that much to me. And I think if the average fan realized that, they probably wouldn't be so enamored with, you know, watching the games on TV and spending right. 100 bucks to go watch a game in person. It really is a player's league. So it really takes a master coach to convince his players that, hey, uh, I know you get a lot of money, and I know if you do this, it's going to be painful, and you got to work extremely hard. But if you do it, the payoff at the end of a championship is going to be well worth the sacrifice you make to do it. Coach, you bring up players, and sometimes players are going to do what they want. I want to move up to the NBA Finals a little bit. And yes, we're going to have to discuss some J.R. Smith, <laughs> speaking of players that kind of do what they want. But prior to the J.R. Smith play, we saw that play with the LeBron James, Kevin Durant block charge call. 
They go to the replay. They look to see if his feet are outside the circle where he can draw a charge. They end up changing the call. What'd you think of the call? I, I thought they got it right, but what'd you think of the call? I hated. I hated that yeah. they did that. I really did, and I think it was a major turning point. Uh, and again, I don't know if it affects the entire outcome of the series, but uh, you know, I, I felt like it was, um, you know, a spineless act on the part of. And I've never ever have understood the whole NBA referee concept. Anyway, I don't know either. where they get these guys. To me, it's like going to the Harlem Globetrotters and and watch the generals where you get a couple of stooges that you pay to go out and pretend like they're refereeing a game that's been fixed. You know, the the type of candidates that you could get to referee those games, ex-players, ex-collegiate, you know, you know, top collegiate referees, but they don't get those type of people. They no. go out and get these obscure people that don't even look like they have an athletic bone in their body to referee games. I never have understood that. And, you know, people that have this uh, conspiracy theory that all sports are fixed and it's like WWE wrestling and it's all scripted. You know, when you look at the NBA and the officials that they get, it makes you wonder sometimes that if, you know, that's the truth because they're just so incompetent in my, in my mind. Well, and it really genuinely, it makes me worry when we are starting to see the beginnings of sports betting become more and more prevalent. I am genuinely starting to get concerned about these NBA officials because we're going to end up with some situation like you see in some of these other countries where you end up with a ref getting his head sawed off or some crazy thing because now money is being bet legally. They're going to want a little bit of integrity. The NBA might be the worst of all the leagues as far as that goes. Uh, I agree. I mean, they, uh, yeah, you're right. That whole legal betting thing, man, what a huge landmark uh, change for the for the country. Yeah. It'll be very, very interesting to see what transpires and how that changes, um, you know, how we view sports and how how sports are executed and played out in the United States. That's going to be really fascinating. Well, especially when you're starting to hear these leagues talking about we're going to get out, you know, we're going to go out and we're going to have an integrity charge that we're going to put on your gambling. Aren't you supposed to be refereeing these games with integrity already? Why would we pay for that? (laughs) (laughs) That's starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel there. But it's going to be very interesting to watch because you think games and refs are being questioned now? Just wait till money is exchanging hands legally. It's going to get scary. Okay, we have to discuss the J.R. Smith situation. You and I have some firsthand experience with situations similar to that in game one. uh, The game is tied. Free throw is missed. Cleveland Cavaliers guard J.R. Smith grabs the rebound. He, He doesn't know the time and the score, does he? He dribbles out to half court and basically runs out the clock and then looks around like, why isn't everyone celebrating? Oh, oh, it's tied. <laughs> Players do lose track of that stuff, though, don't they? You know, um, I, you know, I honestly, Coach, I thought about if I ever had a high school player do something that egregious, you know, under those circumstances. Right. I, and under the, you know, uh, the situation where you're playing – you know, for uh, a playoff game or something. And I can see, you know, at the high school level, a JV kid maybe doing that. But even at the varsity level at the high school, you know, in a, in a regular season contest or playoff game, I really can't even imagine any of my players or players that are around being that, you know, 
out of tune with time score situation. So, you know, and JR, we know, we know JR. We, yeah. we were part of JR's, um, you know, early development here with the Nuggets. And, uh, you know, obviously, mentally, JR has some issues that he hasn't been able to overcome. But, you know, what a time for that to surface. And, you know, the, the looks on LeBron James and his teammates when they went to the bench oh, it's bad. after that it's happened bad. Uh, are, are priceless. I mean, if, if you wanted to show, you know, athletes uh, what can happen when you don't stay focused, when you're not ready to act at your best, when we need you act at your best, just take that film from that bench the last minute or so of that game and and what transpired, and, and, and you'd, you'd be able to prove your point and show countless players what not to do under under pressure. Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose where you can find all of the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. June's Loot Crate theme is out. It is called Colossal because remember, size matters. And June's Loot Crate theme is featuring colossal characters with larger-than-life collectibles and gear that you just can't get anywhere else. Trust us, it's going to be big. It's got items from Godzilla, from Marvel Comics, from Ghostbusters, and from Jurassic Park. But the best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, be sure that you enter Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for tuning into the Daily Dose every single day. Hey, tomorrow we are going to conclude our conversation with Coach McKinstry and he is going to let us know what he thought of LeBron James' reaction to that J.R. Smith mess and why sometimes LeBron can be a little bit difficult to play with. We are going to take a look forward at the NBA Draft. You know that's already coming next week. Plus, we're going to keep you updated on all the latest sports news that is coming out. I have to say thank you to Coach Mack for stopping by. Always good to get your thoughts on things. Thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose every day. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for the suggestions. Thank you for sharing the show. It is all very appreciated. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.